want to see how well you remember the books of the Old Testament. Let's start together uh, with the first one, and let's see how far we can make it. You ready? Genesis, Exodus. Stop right there. Aren't you glad? Now, you might be saying, next week preach on Genesis so we can just stop right there. We're going to stop in Joshua right now. So I'll turn to Joshua chapter 1. Uh, find it in your Bible, a pew Bible, page 151. Uh, find it on your smart device, whatever you need to do to find Joshua chapter 1. And uh, we're going to begin reading there in just a moment. Joshua is facing the greatest crisis of his life. And it's twofold. Number one, following the leader, uh, following Moses as the leader of the nation. And number two, he's facing this great task in leading the people. Okay? So he's following after Moses and he's leading the people. And here's what they deal with one deals with possible rejection, and the latter deals with personal inadequacy. And here's something I want us to see at the outset this morning as we begin uh, with Joshua 1. God will stretch you in your calling to him. God will stretch you as he calls you to follow him. And as he stretches you, mark this down, that is not a bad thing. God wants us to be stretched because as he stretches us, guess what happens to our life? Oh, it may hurt, and he may take us places where we resist and where we don't want to go at the beginning. But folks, let me tell you something. God is stretching you because he wants to bless you. So I want you to remember that as we go through Joshua chapter 1. God's call often causes us to be fearful. And that's why he commands Joshua, and some three times here in chapter 1, he says this phrase, be strong and courageous. Say that with me. Be strong and courageous. Say it again. Be strong and courageous. Now, mark this down. Courage isn't the absence of fear. That's being foolish. Courage is going on in spite of fear. There's a lot of fears that Joshua may have right now in his life, but God comes calling, he comes knocking, and he says, you're the man, you're the one that's going to lead the people, and you have nothing to be fearful of, you only need to be strong and courageous. You see, Joshua had this conviction and this calling from God, and here's what's beginning to take place. Moses has died on the mountain, buried by the hand of God, now, I want you to stop and consider something for a moment. Can you imagine having to fill the shoes of a guy like Moses? I mean, here's the guy taking the place of a man who could speak to God through a burning bush. He could throw his rod down, cast his rod out, and he could have it turn into a snake. Then he could retrieve it, and he could find it being a rod again. I mean, can you imagine being the predecessor of a man that could stretch out his rod and with just that, he could divide the Red Sea? A man that could bring water out of a rock when the people were dying of thirst. 
And so Joshua has consumed the leadership of the people, and he knows that God is calling the people of Israel to go forward into the promised land, and he has led them to do that. And so we see Joshua approaching this calling with two attitudes that go hand in hand. These are two attitudes that need to be in our lives as believers. First, you have an attitude of conquest. Everybody say that with me. Conquest. Then you have an attitude that follows conquest. Here's what it leads to. Commitment. Say that. So you have conquest and you have commitment. Whenever God calls someone, he calls them to do a great task. And as believers, I want you to ask the question this morning, do I really have an attitude of conquest as I am striving in my walk with God and as I am seeking to do great things for Him, do I have an attitude of conquest? You see, as Joshua's entering the land, here's what happens. He trusted in the arm of God, not in the Jewish army. He is trusting in the power of God, not in the power of the Jewish army. If you look over in chapter 3, you begin to see as they cross the Jordan, it is God who parts the water. And then over in chapter 6, down in verse 20 and 21, as they come to Jericho, who is it that knocks the great walls down? It is God. Now I know in Bible class sometimes we, we paint the picture that it's Joshua. God is doing that through Joshua. But folks, I want to tell you, if God can do some great things through a man like Joshua, he can do some great things through men and women like us. He still wants to do that. But we've got to believe in his power. It's available to us today as much as it was to the people then. And so here's what I want you to begin to see about Joshua. He had a great vision from God of what could happen to the nation of Israel. And so I wonder this morning, do you and I have a vision of what God can do through us? Do we have a vision of what God can do through this church, Lamar Avenue Church of Christ? That's a twofold question. Does he have a vision of what he can do through us? And what is that vision that God can do through our church, this church, Lamar Avenue Church of Christ? God can do amazing things, can he, folks? God can do great things. And about the time that we think we have the plan worked out, here's what God is going to remind us. I can do more. So you go ahead and plan, you go ahead and dream, and he says, you go ahead and do it in a big way. But realize this, when you have all those plans and you have all those dreams and you think they're all boxed up real nice and pretty, God's going to come along and say, that's great, but I can do more. And so this morning, realize this, God can do more with you. God can do more with this church. God can do more with your kids. And your parents are sitting there saying, amen to that. God can do more with your marriage. God can do more with any relationship that might be on the brink right now. God can do more if 
you'll only give God a chance. If you'll only give God an opportunity. And so as Joshua is here, and as he's about to lead them and lead the people, he needs to be reminded of that calling from God that I can do this. And we're going to do this through you, Joshua, regardless of how fearful you may be, we're going to march and we're going to do this. But here's something that takes place that Joshua is having a hard time with. He now finds himself the leader of a group of people that are known for a couple of things. They're known for murmuring. They're known for complaining. They're known for backsliding. And they're known for this. I just want to go back where I came from. And so all of this is on their mind. And God now looks at Joshua and says, guess what, buddy? You are the man. You are the one to lead all these people. And on the outset, we look at it and think, man, they are as negative as they can be. And yet Joshua is looking at them, trying to lead them. And here's what I want you to see as, as he begins this leadership. I want you to turn over to Joshua chapter 14. I'm building all this up before we even read chapter 1. I want you to look in Joshua chapter 14, and I want you to go down in verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. And while Israel moved about in the desert, so here I am today, 85 years old. And look at this next verse. He says, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out, and I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country And the Lord promised me that day. You see how long that took, church? Some 45 years. How many of you struggle with patience this morning? Raise your hand. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the feat that Joshua has been handed? And for 45 years. That's a long time. His goal take that mountain and he let nothing nothing stand in his way even the backsliding even the murmuring even the complaining he's still listening to this phrase be strong and courageous he hears one thing from God Lord knows what he hears from the people. But let me tell you, what he hears from God 
always trumps what he hears from the people. Amen? Because what he hears from God is, you keep going, you be strong and courageous, you've got a task before you, and yet all behind him, it's like he's trying to drag these people along. Folks, that is not the way it ought to be with people of faith. That is not the way it ought to be with people of God. Because when God sets about an army, and let's face it, this morning we are in the army of the Lord. Okay, We're on each other's side. And so as we're following God and as we're following leadership, what God wants us to do is march and take the mountain. Because there are people outside of this room that need to see the blessings of God. And what happens is, as we march and as we go where God wants us to do and go, as sometimes as people weigh us down, you know what it does? It's hard and it's heartache. And it should not be that way in the kingdom of God. It should not be that way. Because here's what happens. When we have to turn around to help bring people along, you know what it does? It slows us down from the task that God has called us to be about. What's the task? Take the mountain. What's the task? There's people outside of this room. There's people all over this city, all over this county that need to see the hand of God at work in our lives. And he's counting on us now a lot of us look at this and say if i'd have been joshua i'd have thrown in the towel and i'd have quit but again what does joshua do he hears the call of god on his mind and on his heart only be strong and courageous how does he do it let's read beginning in chapter one after the death of moses the servant of the lord the lord said to joshua son of Nun, moses is aid Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give you to them, to the Israelites. This is his way of saying, you the man. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. So many years before that, he had already promised, here's the land and it's going to be yours. And so God, keeping with his promise, says, you got to do this because I've already made the promise. And so he goes on in verse 7 and he says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you again? Here's the third time. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Word for word of the song that we just sang. So Joshua, order the officers of the people. I want you to go through the camp and I want you to tell the people, 
Get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land your God is giving you for your own. We're going to stop right there and pick up in a minute. Now, here's what happens. From about verse 10 down to about the end of the chapter, two and a half tribes, they leave their families, and for over five years, they cross the Jordan to fight with their brothers. Think about that. They leave familiar territory, but they're going because they're following the call of God. And as they do that, they are looking to Joshua as their leader. God's already commanded Joshua, be strong and courageous. And so the people are following that, knowing that God is going to be with you. There are a couple of things that I want us to note from this chapter of how us, how we can be strong and courageous right now in 2014. Number one, you've got to stand on the promises. Look at verse 3 again. Verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. What an awesome promise. Though God's servant Moses is dead, you see what he tells Joshua? My plans and my promise are the same. The plans and promises of God never change, do they, church? And so that same promise that he made to Moses and then down to Joshua, he makes to us today. And the God of Moses is the God of Joshua, and he makes his promises and he keeps them. And if Joshua is to be strong and courageous... He has to stand upon the promises of the Word of God. And he says, when you do that, you're going to be successful. Look down in verse 5. As he's standing on the promises, and just as he was with Moses, he is reminding Joshua, I want you to sense that everywhere you go, I want you to sense my presence. He says, no one, in verse 5, will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. How does Joshua lead with confidence? How can he confront the battles that lie ahead? How do you and I, every day of life, how do we confront all the battles that we face? Well, number one, we try to take those battles on ourselves, don't we? And we try to fight them. We've got to be reminded, just as Joshua was, the battle has already been fought. The battle has already been won. The battle belongs to God, not you. I don't know what battles you may be facing right now in your life. They don't belong to you. Let God have them. Maybe they're not solved. Maybe they're not finished right now because we're trying in our own strength to fight them. Maybe we're trying to solve them. You realize there's a lot of things in this life we will never be able to control. You know who you never can control? You have no control over somebody else. You only have control over you. And God is the one that wants to be in control of you and your life every day. And so if you're trying to control 
somebody else, if you're trying to control a situation or an event that you don't like, go ahead and stop. Go ahead and give up and let God have that. Let God do that. And as you find yourself doing that, you are sensing the presence of God. A God that will not forsake. A God that will not fail. And the promise is every place that the sole of his foot, Moses, touched was to become their land. And just as I was with Moses, he says, I'm going to be with you. I wonder right now, in your walk with God, do you sense his presence? Do you sense his presence all over the place? Sometimes we try to think the presence of God is just centrally located right here in this room. Wow. If that is your view of the presence of God, it is pretty shallow. Get out of that box and begin to realize the presence of God is everywhere you go. And the difference now is the presence of God is setting and lying and resting right with you. He is in your heart, and so everywhere you go, you take God with you because he's right here in your heart. He's not only with us, but he's in us. And so he goes on and he says in verse 7, knowing all of that, I want you to stay the path. And he says, I want you to be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. You know what the key there is? Faithfulness. God's been faithful to us. God was faithful to Moses. Now as Joshua takes the keys and starts following the same path, that same promise is given to him. I'm going to be faithful to you. When you know all of that, then it's time, as Joshua does, to go to the people and say this, get ready, here we go. When you sense that God is with you and you sense that you're right where he wants you to be, look what happens in verse 11. Go through the camp, tell the people, get your supplies ready, because three days from now, you're going to cross the Jordan to go in and take possession of the land your God is giving you for your own. Folks, listen, it's not enough to simply know the Word of God. You've got to sense His presence. And you've got to know that every place that you go, He's going to be there with you, and He's going to bless you just as He did with Moses and Joshua. And so, conquest. Man, they're ready to go. But the other part that goes with that is commitment. Commitment means being willing to change our lifestyle to obey God. Now, verse 11, two and a half tribes, they get ready, and for five years, here they go. Look what takes place beginning in verse 12. But to the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said... Remember the command that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you after he said, The Lord your God will give you rest by giving you this land. Your wives, your children, your livestock, 
may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan, but all of your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them until the Lord gives them rest as he has done for you, and until they too have taken possession of the land the Lord your God has given them. And after that, you may go back and occupy your own land which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you east of the Jordan toward the sunrise. And then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. And we're going to read that in just a moment. Where are you this morning? It's one thing to have conquest. It's another thing to take on commitment. And again, commitment not only means that I'm willing to change who I am to obey God, but it also means this. There are some reminders in our lives. If you know the rest of the story, as you look in Joshua chapter 4, as they cross the Jordan, they set up stones as a reminder of the power of God. I want to suggest this morning and I don't know how you do that in your life, you need to have some reminders. You need to have some stones of some kind that serve as a reminder of how God has blessed you in the past, how he's blessing you right now, and how he will bless you tomorrow and the days to come. Not only do you need that individually, we need to be reminded of that as a church. God's been with us every step of the way, hadn't he? He's not given up. And those stones served as a reminder of how far they had come because of God's power, not theirs. And when we look back at that and are reminded, man, look at what God can do through us. God can do some amazing things. Always remember, God is not finished with me yet. About the time you're ready to give up and hang it up, hear the word of God. Be strong and courageous, just like he said to Joshua. And I want you to hear these words this morning that will serve as a challenge and an invitation to us. I want you to stand for the reading of God's word. Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your word and does not obey it, whatever you may command them will be put to death. And let's read this next verse together. Only be strong and courageous. I want you to hear those words this morning as a call in your own life and in the life of this church. Only be strong and courageous. No more backsliding, no more murmuring, no more complaining. Ain't nobody got time for that. Amen? Go home and check it out on YouTube. You'll get it later, about 3 o'clock. Nobody has time for that. When we're following God, and He has work to do, and He has us as His people to do that work, we need to do it. Amen? Yeah. And we need to get busy. And we need to be reminded of how much he has blessed us 
and how much he is using us to reach more and more people. Only be strong and courageous. Let's continue our worship as we sing.